So there can be misconceptions, but I think the biggest one is just, we'll do all the work for you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I see that with massage, you know, people come in and massages are amazing. I love to be on the table and I love to treat, but when we tell you things to help you at home, it's because it really will help and you'll see way better results if you do them. So showing up for yourself is a huge part of healing, movement, wellness in any way. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe, the place to learn more about how to navigate the healthcare system and how to take care of your health in plain language. I'm your host, Nikita Boston-Fisher, a health educator with a passion for making sure people understand the information that's shared with them. Our guest today is Ms. Kate Skinner. Kate is a wellness coach and registered massage therapist based in Nova Scotia, Canada. Kate will talk to us about the role of self-awareness in wellness and movement and share her experience adjusting to a diagnosis of celiac disease. Grab your warm drink and let's get to the episode. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, everyone. My name is Kate Skinner. I am in Cumberland County in Nova Scotia, Canada. I am a wellness and movement specialist, which has come together from being a registered massage therapist, as well as an online business owner, teaching movement and wellness uh, for a whole body approach to health. Can you explain that for us a little bit more? Like what exactly does a movement specialist do? So six years ago, I started as a registered massage therapist. And then I kind of funneled into teaching group fitness. I started getting into fitness. I started learning the value of movement, how much movement helps our whole body and trickles into wellness. And then last year, I started my online membership business called Heal Your Body From Home, which is a platform and a membership that I can teach all of my exercises that I would have given to clients in the massage room online so anyone can have access to them so you can have better posture, less pain, better movement, stability, strength, stretching. So that way you can feel your best from home because there is still a gap of getting people into appointments in some areas. I'm really lucky in where we live in Nova Scotia, we're really safe here, but I wanted to create something so I had long-term ways to help my clients that if I can't see you one-on-one, so that way I put all of my movement into one place and now I add wellness to it and now I have a stress relief series that's out right now as well. So that's where all of the movement and wellness trickled together from. That's a brilliant idea, especially since we're all working from home and at least me, I feel like I have a lot of pain in my upper Mm. shoulder area. And that sounds like it would be really useful to a lot of people. Yeah, I've really enjoyed making the videos. And I've loved, I loved teaching group fitness when I did. And the element of teaching has been something that I've really enjoyed. So to find a way Because my work as a massage therapist, I cannot do from home. Like I have to see a person in person. I can't really do that well. There is massage therapists who do virtual work, but I don't think that's something that I really knew how to do at the time. So to find a way to put all my teaching and teaching movement into short videos for people to have access to really easily, it uh, it came natural to me. And then to add wellness to it, it's just been really fun. Very cool. Are there any exercises or things that will help with our movement that you can talk us through orally. Okay. So if you are sitting and watching this, I want you to 
as you are able, because all of us move in different ways and have different abilities, I want you to squeeze your shoulders all the way up to your ears. Hold it for two seconds. One, two, and let that release. From here, I want you to now take a deep breath. Big exhale. Well, as you exhale, I really want you to focus on allowing your shoulders to soften down a little bit more. The next one I want you to do is I want you to squeeze between your shoulder blades really tight for two seconds. Squeeze. One, two, exhale, and let that release. And then I want you to come back to that breath. Big inhale in and exhale out. The last one I want you to do that I think would really tie some of that together is I want you to put your hands on the side of your rib cage if you can. And I want you to focus on pressing your rib cage into your hands as you take a deep breath. Big exhale. Now when you're sitting at your desk, next time you feel stressed, you feel like your posture is rounded, you feel like everything is just maybe not going right near that moment, I want you to raise the shoulders, breathe, squeeze the back, breathe, focus on the rib cage, expanding the breath, and then come back to what you're doing. Get some fresh air in your brain, <laughs> fresh oxygen, and kind of ease through the shoulders. Thank you, Kate. That was fun. <laughs> you, you have people who maybe will give pushback. Oh, I'm not convinced that these types of things work or mm-hmm. that need to be sold on the idea of movement and its value. Yeah, I've seen this in my massage career. And, you know, you have people who come in once a month. They're fantastic humans. I'm really glad they value the time to come in and they don't do any of the work from home. And I think the proof is exactly in that, that they're not getting better Mm -hmm. or they think they can't do it on their own. So they need you. So it's a bit of people acknowledging what's going on in their world and then empowering them. And that's why to put it in video form, I realized was really empowering for people because then they didn't feel lost. Because a lot of times people won't do the movements and do exercises to help themselves because either they think they're doing it wrong, they forget the exercise, or they just need the, the cueing to help do it right. So when I was going to start Heal Your Body from Home last year, I had a client who I've had for years. They're a lovely human. And I showed them a certain stretch for the shoulder many times. And over the pandemic, they sent me an email and they're like, can you send me a video on how to do that stretch? And then I ran into them in the grocery store and they're like, I have no more pain. And I'm like, okay, they needed it in video form to feel empowered to want to do it. So I think it's how you approach it with each person. I like that. That's a great example. Yeah. (laughs) Live through it. (laughs) And what about wellness? How do you define that? I think wellness is such a whole body approach. And I don't think I really grasped the concept of wellness until I really had to fully experience it myself. I really dove into meditation in the last year. I've really worked on prioritizing my sleep schedule. I've really worked on self-awareness and listening to your body. So that way, the movement part can be there to support you, but you listen to your body to know what movement's going to be right for you. So taking all those elements of when things aren't working and honoring what's going to work instead of forcing yourself into a box of what you think should work is where I really like to take wellness, finding what makes you feel well. Nice. I've never heard it put that way before. (laughs) It's so different for everyone. Wellness means something so different for so many people. But for me, it's just kind of making sure we are well as we are and who we are, because we're all going to be different. 
Do you have an, an example of the most common issues that your clients present with and how you would recommend that they try to avoid those? Online and in person, I think stress is one of the things at the top. When we have stress, it can heighten our mental health issues and that trickles into our physical body. And although I see a lot of people who've had injury or are first responders or frontline workers, so they're really busy, the biggest thing behind all of that is their stress level. And I think that's where things start from. So stress is a big one. That's why I'm doing a four-week stress relief series that I can do over Zoom with people because I can't always see people one-on-one every week. But if I can do something online that we can go through mindset of stress, how it feels in our body, breathing into that, and then stretching through it intentionally, we can help with stress. So yeah, stress. I think stress is number one right now. I think most healthcare practitioners in whatever field they're in would say that. How can you be more consistent? I can imagine that this is probably a problem in the sense that, okay, well, I know that I need to do these exercises or I know I need to work on my breathing or whatever to alleviate my stress. But for some people, certainly for me, (laughs) consistency is hard. You're great like the first two or three days, then you fall off the wagon and then you try Mm -hmm. to get back on. Sometimes I think the problem with consistency is that people are doing what they feel like they should do and not what they feel like they want to do. Mm -hmm. So when we look at consistency, like let's start as simple as consistency with people wanting to move their body regularly. Most people aren't consistent with exercise because they're not doing a form of exercise they enjoy. So consistency with stress relief is finding a way that works for you for stress relief and just staying with that one thing. It's better to build off of one thing and slowly take steps up a ladder than keep trying to jump five stairs at a time. So you just have to do a little bit of self-exploration and what feels good for you for stress relief. For me, it was meditation and it was consistently practicing meditation. And a way that was really easy for me to integrate that into my life was doing sleep meditations because I would just put them on my phone, turn the screen so there was no light, put the phone down and then fall asleep to that and consistently trying to make that the same time every night because it wasn't anything else I had to add in my day because I think that's a big struggle for people is adding more in the day. So small steps, but doing something you like to do really helps. That makes so much sense. And yet it just seems so profound. Most people know small steps, but we take small steps that we don't want to take. Just take the ones you like. I mean, anything, even if it helps 10% in your day, over the course of four days, five days, you're going to really start to feel a difference, even though that's minor. It's great. What are your top healthy habits for us to feel our best? I think regular movement Mm -hmm. and moving in whatever way works for your body. It can be light stretching. It can be an easy walk. Intensity does not matter. It's just regular movement. I think prioritizing your sleep schedule and taking breaks throughout the day. Breaks are good for our mental health. They are good to just take a second to step back of what we're doing and honor what our body's feeling, get a little movement in and work on that sleep schedule. (laughs) Especially people working from home. I'd imagine not leaving the house would almost make it harder to develop those habits because we're used to a different routine. I've heard that a lot, that working where you live has really 
that lack of boundary has really been tough for a lot of people. I think it would be. I didn't experience it to the fullest because when I was off, I just got to dive into online work that I never had the time to do before. So it was like I got a whole new job for three months, which I really loved, but it wasn't like I had to take different work home. So I didn't experience that to the fullest. So I try and have compassion for people and try and help in whatever way I can. Celiac disease. Can you tell us maybe what that is and how you came to be diagnosed? Yeah. So celiac disease is an autoimmune disease that when someone with celiac disease eats gluten, it triggers our immune system to kind of attack itself. So I was diagnosed with celiac disease in August of 2014. And about the year before I started just not feeling like myself. I would get dizzy, really big mood swings, which isn't normal for me. I was in my second year of massage therapy school, which was my last. So it was a little bit stressful in that way. And the mood swings and everything, I had blood work done and my iron was so low. So that was kind of my first step. They're like, okay, take some iron pills. We'll start from there. And I had no more symptoms of the mood swings from the low iron, but when I had my blood work again, my iron did not go up at all. So my family doctor, she was like, you know, we need to test you for celiac disease. And at the time I was only 18, 19. So I called my mom and I was like, we need a new doctor because I'm not giving up pizza (laughs) and I'm in college. So all the things you eat in college, I was like, I'm not giving this up. We need a new doctor. She is so wrong. Like, I probably had digestive issues for a while. I just didn't even really recognize it at the time because I think I was really tuned out with my body. So I had the blood work done. My numbers were through the roof. I had an endoscopy done or an endoscope where they put the camera down your throat into your stomach, take a little piece of your duodenum, the top part of the small intestine which is what gets damaged with celiac disease. And they did that and they were like, yep, you 100% have celiac disease. So that was honestly getting diagnosed for most people takes like six years and it took me less than a year. But the hard part didn't start until after. Because after being diagnosed, it also in the same time frame, I moved to a small town, moved in with my partner, started my massage therapy career and kind of had to figure out who in the world I was as an adult in this world. So that started. And then I think the biggest thing with celiac disease that people don't know is it creates social anxiety. It it makes you not enjoy uh, going out to eat anymore because you have to ask so many questions. And I had a lot of pity parties for myself for a while until my partner was like, Kate, you're better than this. Like you need to stop having a pity party It's not that bad. We've totally figured out what you can and can't eat. Anything you can't eat, we can make it. Like, come on. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me was him saying that because I needed someone to kind of shake me and go, it's not that bad. You're allowed to feel like it's bad. He wasn't, he definitely wasn't like discrediting my feelings, but he's like, you felt this for long enough. You need to move through it and move, move on. And from there on, it's been a lot better, but I definitely went to therapy because the feelings of eating at other people's homes and the anxiety and the guilt when you can't eat something that someone else makes for you. Oh, it's overwhelming. You know, they love you and wanted to make you something and you're like, Oh no, I definitely can't eat that. Yeah. That was the hardest part was navigating through the guilt and creating healthy boundaries 
being able to speak up because when I bottle it up inside, they don't know how to help me because I'm not expressing my needs. That's the seven to eight years in a nutshell. So how did you manage the pizza? Did you make your own gluten-free crust? I made my own. <laughs> I made my own. And I did buy some here and there. Like Costco is the best for some of that stuff. Yeah. But I just learned to make my own. And honestly, I sucked at baking. So bad. So I've gotten a little better. Some I just still use a box mix because I know I can't. It can't go wrong. But I just had to learn to make it. And it's becoming more common now or trendy for want of a better word, but definitely more common. And so I noticed even the pizza shops around here, you have an option of gluten-free crust. Yeah. Now some of that I still can't eat because of cross contamination, but I still, when I see that appreciate that they're trying, like I don't get frustrated with that because it just means we're just taking steps forward. So I try and look at it that way. Have you seen a connection between your wellness practice and how you manage celiac? In ways, yeah, definitely. In ways I've seen how I definitely could have navigated the hard times a lot quicker and not lived in those feelings as long. Because in the past, I was really bad for just bottling up feelings and living in them for too long. Where now with my wellness practice, I realize that shows up as physical pain, that shows up as emotional pain, that can create headaches. You know, we can, the ripple effect is insane. So now in my wellness practice, I really value feeling your feelings, honoring your feelings and knowing they're temporary and you don't have to live there where in the past, I feel like I definitely lived in them for way too long. That's really interesting. Is there a way for us to know, is my pain coming because I've been sitting poorly due to posture or is my pain coming from something internal that I didn't even realize? Ooh, that's a deep question because sometimes I think we know, like imagine after like that feeling when you're about to cry and you can just feel that pain in your throat. We immediately know that's emotional pain, but when our shoulders are tense and we're really stiff, but we also might hate our job and have terrible posture there. It might feel like it's postural pain and it may get a bit better, but the rooted feelings behind that of not being happy definitely play a factor too. So in a sense, I almost think every source of pain is both together because we just, our whole body is one right? We can't even disconnect. Even if we tried, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It'll backfire somehow because our body will remind us our brain and our feelings are completely connected. Do you have any recommendations on how to handle pain at home? So let's say maybe you have back pain. The best thing to do sometimes when you have pain is take it simple. Let's go back to the basics. What are you feeling? When do you feel this pain? Sometimes that alone can help a lot because I've had people who say, you know, I get back pain in the evenings. Like, well, what are you doing in the evenings if you only get it in the evening? And they're like, oh, it's when I sit on the couch and cross one leg over to the left, turn my head to the right and play on my iPad. I'm like, okay, let's break (laughs) this down. I was like, and I get it. I mean, we all have our comfy position, but so to navigate your pain, sometimes it's just start just when are you getting the pain? Sometimes it's just trying some movements. Sometimes it's working on some light stretches in those areas. That's not seeming like, if that doesn't seem like it's helping, there is professionals out there for a reason. Reach out. 
Because if they can help you get to the get to what's going to make you feel better faster, that's what we're here for. We want to help you. So figure out when are you having this pain? What is it feeling like? Try a few things if you want and reach out because there are people who are in these professions of helping you with pain or because we want to help you. It's not a burden when you call us for an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> as I listen to our conversation, just as I think it through, something that seems to be a common thread through most of what we've discussed is a sense of self-awareness and recognizing what's happening in 100%. your body. Yep. The only way to create change is to become self-aware. And to create more self-awareness, breathing is a good way to do that. Breathing into what you're feeling in your body. Light movement and using light movement in a way of dropping in a little bit into your body. So that may be more gentle movement. And I really do think taking breaks in the day helps create more self-awareness because we can pause and go, okay, what is my body feeling? Is my posture like really odd all day and it's causing me pain and I've just completely ignored it because I'm, I'm so disconnected from my body. So just taking those little breaks throughout the day to be like, what am I actually feeling? But self-awareness is huge. Are there any common myths or misconceptions that you observe doing your wellness and movement practice? I haven't come across a lot yet. In the massage industry, I think there can be some misconceptions. But in regards to wellness and movement, there are amazing people out there who want to help you, myself included. Like, we want you to get better. But I do think it's also in your hands. I think some people assume that someone else is always going to do the work for you. But taking what people teach you and implementing it is what really creates change. So there can be misconceptions, but I think the biggest one is just, we'll do all the work for you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I see that with massage, you know, people come in and massages are amazing. I love to be on the table and I love to treat. But when we tell you things to help you at home, it's because it really will help and you'll see way better results if you do them. So showing up for yourself is a huge part of healing, movement, wellness in any way. Showing up for yourself. Nicely put. Yeah. Show up for yourself in whatever way you need to and just take small steps of what feels good for you, not what you feel like you should do or what your friend did or what. If things don't feel right, trust your gut. What about any other thoughts or tips or anything that we haven't yet touched that you feel might be important to highlight? I, I think going back to the self-awareness is one of the most important. Anything you're going through whatever it may be, the only way to create change and to move forward through something is to be self-aware enough to acknowledge I need change in this part of my life. So working on self-awareness and listening to your body, will it'll take us everywhere we need to go as long as we just listen to what our body's telling us. I just had a thought. What if someone said, oh my goodness, this is just so true. Like, sounds like yoga mat and granola and like, I need like a pharmaceutical intervention or something else. Do you ever see that kind of clash in people's minds? Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But when it comes to if someone's like, I need to see my doctor on this, I'll always encourage them to. Like, please do, right? Like, I don't, 
I think as everywhere, everyone in healthcare, we are a team, we need to work together. And if someone ever feels like they need something else, I'm not going to turn them away from it, Mm -hmm. because they have to just listen to what feels right in their heart. But I think there's proof in just doing the work that feels right to you, not what to feel like you should do. Because if it feels right to you, then you're honoring what your body's telling you. If it doesn't feel right to you, you can search, like seek out other healthcare professionals. That's what we're all here for. One person cannot fix it all. So if someone's like, you know, I need pharmaceuticals and I um, go to the doctor, just ask them, you know, I don't mind. It doesn't offend me either because I also just know I can't fix everything. And the pharmaceutical world was there because it does help a lot of things too. Like we can have both and right it's not one or the other I'm not like one-sided with stuff I'm like you can have it all and you can see tons of different healthcare professionals if that's what you need I'm all for it I love that response why can't it be both it doesn't have to be one or the other yeah I just you know I'm a big believer in there's so many different kinds of medicine and healing out there you can have both You know, if we get into stress and mental health and some people say like, oh, movement and you have to do this and you have to meditate, you can do that and take medication and it'd be a fabulous combo. You can just take medication. And I still do think we always need to work on things for ourselves and you can just do the movement base. And if that helps you, great. And if you need both, cool. Like it's whatever your body needs to feel well. Can you tell us a little bit more about Heal Your Body from Home and what types of videos and services you offer? Yeah, so that's my membership business. And I have a bunch of different modules. And in the modules, there's every muscle group in the body and videos attached to it. So I have stretching, strengthening, and stability, mobility, foam rolling, postural, and I'm adding wellness. And once I start to develop some more questions in there, I have a community module so you can ask questions and then I can do Q and A's and put them in there. So uh, members can view them at any time. So with the membership, say you jump on and you're like, oh, my back's achy or my shoulder's been really sore. You would just jump in, check out the stretching module, go into shoulders, pick one of the videos and you're good. Go through it with me. And I give advice along the way. So like, say someone has low back pain, I might tell them, great that you're here. These are low back stretching exercises. If this is what you're feeling, you might want to look at hip flexor and quad stretches as well, because this is how that balance works. So I give little bits of advice throughout as well. Maybe you have low back pain because you have weakness in the low back. I would get you to jump onto strength and stability, work on some of this, most of its body weight too. Body weight strengthening for the low back. And from there, you have lots of options. Say someone jumped on and said, I have a lot of pain in my shoulders and I'm not sure what to do. They can message me in the community module and I can just reply and give them advice of where they might want to go with it. I might have to ask them a few more questions, but I would give them options of what I think might be beneficial. Oh, that sounds really helpful. So it doesn't necessarily replace a massage, but it can help you in the meantime. It adds to what you're doing. And then I'm going to add a wellness module that's coming soon. So I've asked my members different wellness topics. Do you want to hear me speak on or different things that in the wellness area and mindset and meditation and stress relief and things that I really recommend and discuss different topics on. So I'm going to add that as well, just to complete the wellness and movement as a whole in there. 
Very nice. Yeah. I want to jump back really quickly to when you mentioned that you were feeling a lot of guilt and people might be preparing a meal and then you couldn't participate. How did you handle that or what recommendation would you have for somebody who has a friend diagnosed with celiac? Did you feel like, did you feel external pressure or was that pressure you were putting on yourself? That's a really good question, both. Because I think one of the biggest things is people want to help you. People mean well. But if you don't communicate what works for you, they're just going to try different things. So if you do have a friend with celiac disease and you're like, I want to make them a dinner, I'm going to make it perfectly gluten-free. One of the best things you can do is say, will you come to my kitchen and cook it with me? Mm. Because there's really small stuff. Like I can't use the same butter you just put your bread knife into. I might not be able to use a sauce that you might not realize has wheat or barley in it. And you might not realize barley has gluten in it. So asking someone to cook with you is a good option. Another good option is giving them the space to just take their own meal if that's where they feel safest. You know, I would love to cook for you. You have the option to take your own meal. What would feel good for you? I just want to spend time with you to let them pick the restaurant. If you go to eat, (laughs) just let them pick, you know, or say like pick two or three options and let me see what you come up with. Because the guilt is that people really are trying and their hearts in the right place. So then when you say like, I'm really sorry, but if you just put that butter in that and that had breadcrumbs, I really can't eat it. Then they start to feel bad. And then you feel bad that you made them feel bad, that they feel bad, that they made you feel bad. And one of the biggest things that therapy taught me was you have to communicate your needs, but how they respond is not your responsibility. So if they respond and they're like, oh my God, I feel so, so, so bad. You can totally tell them it's totally fine. I can eat this. It's not a big deal, but whatever else they feel, you can't take it with you because it's just not yours to feel. It's heavy. It's been a process. I've cried over being in other people's houses and I'm not a big crier. I think crying is a great thing. I wish I could cry more, but I've cried over breadcrumbs and I've realized it's just not worth it because they want you to feel safe. And if taking your own meal works for you, then just take it. Love that. You basically learn to separate what's yours and like what's not yours in terms of the emotion to carry about that. Yeah. And I will, I'm the type that I'll want to carry your emotion because I'm just a giver. And I'm, I think some people use, I'm an empath as an excuse, but I want to care, but I've realized it doesn't benefit me at all to hold on to their guilt and them feeling that when I've got to navigate my own feelings. And what happens if you accidentally eat something that you shouldn't, how long does it take for you to feel better? I'm really lucky I was diagnosed in 2014. I got really sick like three months after and I was like three weeks before getting better. I was so sick. I was tested for Crohn's disease. Every way you could be sick, I was sick. My stomach was like, it felt like someone just put their hand in my stomach and twisted it for days, headaches. After that, it was 2017 that I accidentally glutened myself. No one's actually ever glutened me. I've done it myself, which doesn't feel good. 2017, I ate a little bit of uncertified gluten-free oats and I just felt like stomach pain and I just had really low energy for a couple days. Thankfully, I didn't eat a lot of it. And since then, I haven't really been glutened. So 
my symptoms have changed each time I was glutened, but it's been so long. I feel really lucky that I don't have a solid answer because I don't want to know yes. what it's going to feel like. <laughs> Every so celiac's different though. So for you, basically, if you just eat the right stuff, it's like you don't even have it. It's not even a thought. Yes, it's gone. And I mean, if I go to people's houses or family members, like uh, my nephew's birthday and they were going to have pizza, I'm like, perfect. Just let me know what you're having. And I'm going to make myself a pizza and I'll take it down with me. And then it kind of creates this environment that you're included, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's like, if you're going to be around food, that smells so good, make the same thing they're eating. And then it doesn't feel like you're missing out. Mm -hmm. I love those tips because food is so emotional for so many people that you've really just found a wonderful way to work it out. You're eating pizza. I'll bring my own pizza. No one will even notice that, you know, and people don't notice. Yeah. That's the best part is a lot of times people don't. Or people that know that I feel like disease and just see me eating different pizza, I they don't even say anything anymore, which I'm totally fine with. Fantastic. <laughs> it's taken years to figure that one out, but we're here. <laughs> yes, I'm vegan. And it's always like a conversation when I go somewhere. Why aren't you eating this? Why aren't you eating that? I just wish you'd leave me alone and let me just... <laughs> Just let me just eat my stuff without being like the center of attention in this whole big discussion. <laughs> yeah. The, it's funny and not funny because vegans become like, just like gluten-free was a trend. And so many people assume you're vegan for a reason. And you might, there's like probably hundreds of reasons why people are vegan. And it's not the main one you see on TV all the time, mm-hmm. you know, or what you see online. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own story. So I'm sure there's really nice ways people ask. And then there's other ways they're like, do you miss butter? Do you have milk? What do you do without bacon? And it's like, live. (laughs) I'm fine. (laughs) I'm still here. (laughs) That's so true. Any closing thoughts, Kate? This was a great chat. I love to discuss health and wellness and how we can see things from such a different light. So if you took anything from what I said and you want to learn more from me, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Kate Skinner wellness, and we can work together, but self-awareness, doing what you want to do, not what you feel like you should do. And just listen to your body. What a beautiful way to end. Thank you for coming (laughs) to the good health cafe, Kate. I really enjoyed our chat. I really enjoyed it as well. Thank you so much for having me. Did you enjoy this episode? But then please share it with a friend. And if you've got an extra minute and want to do a great deed, then please go to thegoodhealthcafe.com and give me some feedback on how you think the podcast is going. What is it that you want to learn more about? Which episodes have been your favorite thus far? If you've got a moment, please drop me a line through the contact us page on our website. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, see you in the cafe later. Bye. One last piece of exciting news that I want to share with you. Guess what? We now have candles. If you love scented soy candles, free of parabens and harmful phthalates, then you're gonna wanna check out the Good Health Candle Company. You can learn more about the candles on goodhealthcandle.com. Bye for real now. See you in the cafe next time.